millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and it is Friday, December 15th, and we got five episodes out this week. So excited, and I'm not recording at 11 o'clock at night. I am recording at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, though, so uh, better than normal, but still not great. Oh, I forgot to do the, the new intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt, a podcast about electric vehicles, autonomous driving, renewable energy, and much, much more. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. I am going to get that one day. Uh, I don't really have any announcements. On today's episode, we're going to talk about GM, uh, in particular GM Cruise and some other GM stuff. The Society of Automotive Engineers finalized the NAC standard, and we're going to talk about crumple zones on the Cybertruck. So I'm excited. Let's go ahead and jump in to the news. First up, Rivian built its first electric delivery van for Amazon. They Amazon had an exclusive partnership, and Rivian said, you know what, this is great. We love, we love you. We love that you have an exclusive partnership with us, but we need to have a more open relationship. So now Rivian is partnering with AT&T, and there'll probably some, be some other companies but AT&T and Rivian are going to be working together for those delivery vans. And I would imagine AT&T is going to use them for work vans. Neo announced that their more affordable EV brand, Firefly, will enter the European market in 2025. Uh, do you think those ha- that has anything to do with these new factories that they're, they're taking on? Maybe. Last... I think it was last episode or maybe the episode before we talked about GM getting rid of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Ford is doubling down on Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, according to Jim Farley. So if that's important to you, consider a Ford. All right, let's get to our GM news. I mentioned GM Cruise last episode, uh, not the last episode because that was Steve's episode, but the one before that. Um, I said that Tesla had a target on its back when it comes to full self-driving services and Waymo, Ford, and GM Cruise were flying under the radar. 
I I do need to clarify that just a little bit. I meant cruise, like the the feature that's on the passenger vehicles, not GM Cruise, the self-driving service that they're testing in less and less places. And we'll talk about that in, in a minute. But like if you buy a car and, and it comes with Cruise, that's that's what I was talking about, not specifically GM Cruise, because there's lots of stuff going on with GM Cruise. Anyway, uh, the... Kyle Voigt, the GM Cruise CEO, was fired or forcibly resigned not that long ago. Now, nine key people, all executives, have also been fired. And this all has to do with an accident involving a pedestrian in San Francisco. The The pedestrian was hit and then dragged, I think, 20 feet. And if that wasn't bad enough, GM uh, or Cruise edited or omitted some footage before they handed it over to the police, which is a huge no-no. So yeah, nine key executives gone. But that's not all. GM lost $1.9 billion from January to September in 2023. And in the third quarter of 2023, GM lost $732 million just in that quarter it's not only nine executives that got laid off. The GM is laying off another 900 cruise workers. And, uh, you know, the, I'm sure this isn't the end of GM Cruise, but that just kind of sucks in general for everybody who lost their job. I don't like seeing that. And just going a little bit further into layoffs, GM is also laying off 1,300 employees across two plants. And much of the reason for that is end of production for the Chevy Bolt and Camaro. All right. This is a this is a holiday season service announcement. We know that EVs catch fire less often than ICE cars. Or at least people who listen to this show know. Um other people in my life not so much. So, this next story is to arm you with some ammunition during your Christmas events when you're or holiday events when you're hanging out with your uncle Augustus and he has opinions not opinions. He has facts uh, about electric cars that aren't necessarily facts. The Guardian looked at the data and they found that EVs are much less likely to catch on fire. This, according to Colin Walker, the head of transportation at the Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit Think Tank. Now, I'm sure there could be some biases at the Energy and and Climate Intelligent Unit Think Tank. But let's just assume that they are giving us straight numbers and no bias. The data was sourced from a few different countries, and I'm just going to give you three here. Norway, which has the highest concentration of EVs. Australia, uh, they have quite a few EVs in Australia as well. According to Australia's numbers, there's a 0.0012% chance of a passenger EV catching on fire versus a 0.1% chance for an ICE car. And in Sweden, there were 3.8 fires for every 100,000 EVs and hybrids on the road in 2022. For ICE cars, there was 68 fires per 100,000 ICE vehicles on the road. Now, I will say that those numbers are a little bit skewed for the ICE cars because those also include arson. And I don't know how it is in Sweden, But I happen to work in an area um, where people will steal a car, 
strip all the valuable stuff on it, drive it to a certain location and and catch it on and, and light it on fire. And yeah, that's fairly common. We used to go on them all the time, almost monthly. Now I'd say we probably go on them five or six times a year. I personally go on them. I don't know what other people do, but yeah, so that's an issue. But still, uh, 68 cars per 100,000. If we say half of those are arson-related, which is probably high, we're still looking at 34 per 100,000 versus 3.8 per 100,000. And you may be asking yourself, well, why does the media put so much emphasis on EV fires over ICE fires? One, our EVs are new. And two, when an EV burns, they're spectacular. So not only is an, an EV more efficient and better for the environment than an ICE car, it actually burns, it catches on fire and burns more spectacular than an ICE car. So it's better than an ICE car in every single way. One other argument that you might be having with your relatives is they may pull comparisons from scooter fires that are happening in New York. And by the way, this is a real problem in New York, like these um, hoverboards and electric scooters and stuff that are um, built by companies who don't source their battery materials all that well. They're catching fire in these high-rise apartments. It's a, it's a real problem in New York. Those batteries, although they're lithium-ion batteries, they have nothing to do with the batteries that are in your vehicle. Totally different, totally different technology, totally built to totally different standards. The quality of the battery in your EV is so much higher than what's in those scooters. Also, the same thing with uh, laptop batteries, phone batteries that you buy on Alibaba or Amazon. Like I have people in my life that will tell me that they're going to buy their next MacBook battery and just install it themselves off of some random website that you've never heard of because it's a lot cheaper than having Apple do it. And I agree, it is a lot cheaper. However, you they have no idea what's going on with that battery that they're buying. They, they have zero idea. On top of that, some of them don't even know how to properly solder like, I don't even know why they would attempt this, but they do, and it's against my recommendation. I will tell you something, though, because I feel like I can talk about this now. It hasn't, it's been a little bit over a year. Uh, the fire truck that I drive on a regular basis caught fire three different times, and all three times, or two of the three times, it involved the battery and battery management system. The first time it caught fire, we responded on a man down, which is usually uh, somebody who is unhoused, just sleeping. And we uh, we roll up, we, we check and make sure they're okay. They're okay. They're just sleeping. They don't need our help. And we look back and I think it was my captain said, your truck's on fire. And I look back and there was quite a bit of smoke coming off, but it was white smoke. And I did a 360 around the truck to make sure that everything was okay. And by the time I had done my 360 around the fire truck, it had uh, grown significantly and there was a lot more smoke. So it took us three hours to extinguish that fire. Like we we weren't able to use our fire truck, obviously, because it was on fire. So we had to uh, hook up to a fire hydrant that was nearby just with our, our hose line and fight the fire off of the pressure from the hydrant. Fortunately, that was still good pressure. Um, 
it took us three hours to put this battery out. And a lot of that reason was, is we were unable to tilt the cab because the fire underneath the cab had burned through the lines that would allow us to tilt the cab or uh, maybe the electrical lines that would allow us to bolt the cab. It burns through something and we couldn't tilt the cab. We had to call mechanics out. Um, yeah, three hours. We had to follow this thing to uh, the 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 um, mechanic shop. Um, it was yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, we put it out in the middle of nowhere just in case it caught on fire again. Um, yeah, we still drive that truck, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I hear we're getting it. We we, it, we had to go away for repairs not that long ago, maybe two months ago. And I hear we're getting it back soon. I'm not looking forward to it. We're getting a new fire truck in the next couple of months. But yeah, so. There you go. When Uncle Augusta starts throwing shade about EVs, there's all your information, including use my fire truck story if you want to. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Um, I don't mention this all that often, but we do have a Patreon and an Acast uh, Plus. Um, all I'm going to say is go to the links in the show notes if you're interested in that. For Patreon, you can actually follow the show without paying for anything. And every now and again, and I don't do it on a regular basis, and I won't do it on a regular basis, but every now and again, I will release an episode to everyone. So everyone gets a chance to get the ad-free experience. Um, yeah, so it doesn't hurt one way or the other. Either you're going to listen on the free feed, which is totally fine. You'll get ads. But every now and again, if you listen on that other feed, you, you might actually get uh, no ads. All right, moving on to our Tesla news. 
The Society of Automotive Engineers has finalized the NACS standard. So what's what what do we what do we work with here? Interoperability and standardization. It was designed to create unified independent uh, standard for EV charging connectors, moving away from a single company, which is Tesla, and towards a more universally adopted format. This standardization is crucial as it allows for a broader compatibility among different electric vehicles and charging stations. There is some voltage differences. NACS supports 277 volts in contrast to the 208 or 240 volt range of the J1772 adapter. Uh, This change is is significant as it allows for more efficient utilization of the existing electrical infrastructure, particularly in commercial situations. It's cost-effective and efficient and will especially benefit businesses and commercial entities. Let's see, increased charging options and accessibility. Uh, The article that I read was talking about the cost reductions and efficiency gains in charger installations will lead to a higher number of charging stations. This increase is particularly beneficial for individuals who do not have access to home charging, like people living in apartments or relying on street parking. And then we have some integration with public infrastructure. The NAC standard includes provisions for charging infrastructure into existing amenities like lampposts. You ever heard of lamppost charging? If you haven't, listen to, uh, oh, what was the Mel Herbert's podcast? <sighs> Type in Mel Herbert and Tesla podcast. Can't remember what it's called. Uh, anyway, I used to love that podcast. I don't even know if it's on anymore. But lamppost charging is a big deal. And then there's a, you, they're going to expand charging options or allow them to expand charging options in urban areas and make EV charging more accessible to city dwellers. Here's a neat one. You'll be able to use standard, standardized receptacles. Nax uses a standard receptacle similar to what they use in EU and China, which will allow them to use carry-along cables, much like the Tesla portable charger or mobile charger. And drivers can keep it in the cars. It's like $100 to $200, according to the article. And this approach simplifies maintenance and reduces the potential for cable damage in public spaces. Let's see. Of course, it's compatible with AC and DC fast charging. Uh, We already know that. And then flexibility for different vehicle types. The next adapter is designed to accommodate and charge. So yeah, that's our little mini update on the NAX adapter. We're still waiting for the White House to officially make an announcement. And then I think that after that announcement is made, we will get the official standard to look through. But uh, pretty interesting. They said uh, this summer in July, or maybe it was June that they announced this, they said that they would have the standard done by the end of the year. And they did. So good on the Society of Automotive Engineers. Moving on, the Tesla autopilot recall that we talked about on Wednesday's episode is expanding to Canada. Uh, it's looking like there's going to be 193,000 cars that are affected. Honestly, I'm not sure how to convert 193,000 to metrics, so I'm just going to stick to freedom units. Sorry, Canada. 
the the good news though is it's still fixed with an automotive <laughs> automotive it's still fixed with an over the air update here's a little bit more information on that recall here's what it's going to improve visibility of the driver monitoring monitoring warning alerts on the touchscreen by increasing the text size and moving the notifications to a more prominent position in the Model 3 and Model Y only. It's going to add an option to activate autopilot features with the single stock depression instead of two. I don't know how this is uh, added safety, but I mean, I guess so. I still do two, even though I have mine set for one. It's going to increase the strictness of driver attentive and the Let's try it again. Increase the strictness of driver attentiveness requirements when auto steer and approaching traffic lights and stop signs off the highway. So I guess you can use autopilot off the highway. I thought you were supposed to use it on the highway. And then it's going to introduce a suspension policy that will restrict auto steer usage for one week if your improper usage is detected. Um, improper usage is when you or another driver of your vehicle receive five forced autopilot disengagements and then you go to timeout for a week. So that's good. That's a little more information than I had last week. Okay. Uh, why is it so hard to build a Cybertruck? Well, there is a CNBC video that I'll put a link in the show notes. I thought it was pretty good. It, it was somewhat informative. I actually would have liked it to be a little bit longer. They could, I think they could have gone into a little bit more depth, but it is worth a watch. It's about 15 minutes long, like I said. The California Division of OSHA cited Tesla for four safety violations after an employee was seriously um, injured after she was struck by a Model Y. And instead of taking those safety violations and learning from them, Tesla disagreed with them and says, "Uh uh-uh. So, yeah. All right. Final story here. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was concerned about the crumple zones on the Cybertruck. We've already talked a little bit about the exoskeleton and the potential hazard of hitting a pedestrian, not to the driver, but to the pedestrian, because that stainless steel is so hard and there's no give in it. And I also voiced some concern about the crumple zones on the Cybertruck. And what a crumple zone is, if you're not aware, when you get into an accident, what happens is the car kind of crumples in on itself to absorb the energy of the accident. And the good news is if you get in an accident with another vehicle, that car is also uh, crumpling and failing in certain areas, which isn't really failing, but it looks like it is in certain areas so that it keeps the energy of that accident out of the compartment and protecting the passengers or as much of as it, as much of it as you can. And one of my concerns was with the exoskeleton and the um, stainless steel, is that truck going to have a crumple zone? And if it does have a crumple zone, is it going to be any good? So Tesla had a little post on Twitter about the Cybertruck's crumple zones, and they posted a two-second video or GIF. And they had this to say, when in a high-speed collision, Cybertruck's front underbody casting is designed to break into small pieces. This helps reduce occupant impact by absorbing and dispensing energy. So this is referring to the front crumple zone. Um, I don't know about any of the other uh, crumple zones, like side impact, rear impact, that kind of thing. But offset impacts... Uh, 
but yeah, this is this is good to know. And the video, and I'll I'll try to remember put a link in the show notes. One question I have though is based on the video that I saw is after you get into a serious crash with the Cybertruck and the way that that had crumpled is that repairable? What's the repairability after a crash? And really we won't know until these trucks are out in the wild getting into accidents. Um but yeah, it was it was a good video and I applaud Tesla for putting it out there. But ultimately I'm waiting to get the official uh, uh, crash test numbers from like the Institute of Highway. No, what is it? The Insurance Institute of Safety. Whoever does the crash test here in the United States, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. All right, everybody. That is all for me uh, this week. I'm, I'm done. I am going to take the next two weeks off, and really it's just one week because I have two episodes already in the bank, in the can, as it were, uh, that you'll hear next week. And then on the last week of shows, I am going to concentrate on electric motorcycles because I don't really – I skip over electric motorcycles a lot. And I know there's a lot of people in the motorcycle community who listen to this show. So we're going to cover some electric motorcycles and and hopefully that's enjoyable to you as well. All right. Um, I will talk to you next week. Uh, It just won't be, won't be live. It's already recorded and edited. So I I hope you all have uh, a wonderful holiday and I will talk to you. Um, Officially, I will talk to you at the first of the year. 